This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet and try to turn them into stories that are actually good. My name is Gabriel Urbina, and I am your first Bad Ideas host. My name is Sarah Shack, and I'm your second Bad Ideas host. And my name is Zach Valenti, your third Bad Ideas host. And folks, it's another miserable day here in the Bad Ideas Cave. We are three overwhelmed hosts, and we are about to just unleash some terrible, terrible material on one another and have 10 very short minutes to turn it into a good story. Guys, let's not delay. Let's not hold off the pain any longer. Zach, you've got a bad idea, don't you? I'm ripping this Band-Aid. I'm ripping it <gasps> now. I don't want you to. NPR is underneath, festering with, I just, I, I can't imagine how bad this day was as the feds barged into the wrong hotel room during a drill, <laughs> then detained the guest yeah. inside. I saw this. Oh, my God. I yeah, can't yeah, wait yeah. to hear what you guys turn this into. The worst day in multiple people's lives. Yeah, that's what it is. Federal agents and military personnel conducting a training exercise at a Boston hotel interrogated an unsuspecting civilian after they entered the wrong room by mistake. Authorities confirmed to NPR that no one was injured in the incident, uh, which happened around 10 p.m. Tuesday night and is now under review by the FBI and Department of Defense. Quote, first and foremost, we'd like to extend our deepest apologies to the individual <laughs> who is affected by the training exercise, said Lieutenant Colonel Mike Burns, spokesperson for the U.S. Army Special Operations Command. <laughs> Understatement of the 2023. <laughs> Members of the U.S. Army Special Operations Command had set out to conduct, quote, essential military training essential. with assistance from the FBI Boston Division, Burns said in a statement. Quote, the training was meant to enhance soldiers' skills to operate in realistic <laughs> and unfamiliar environments, he added. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> the training team unfortunately entered the wrong room and detained an individual <laughs> unaffiliated with the exercise. Look, I can see why they need training, all right? Like, like the point is made. These people are not ready for prime time. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. You got to train these guys. <laughs> The agency did not provide any information about the person who was detained other than to say they were not the intended role player. <laughs> A Delta spokesperson told NPR that it's looking into reports of an alleged incident in Boston that may involve Delta people. The word on the street is it was a, a Delta employee. Sure, 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 sure. Quote, we have nothing further to share at this time Ooh. other than to reaffirm our commitment to ensuring the safety and well-being of our people, they added. Authorities said the Boston Police Department was called to the hotel where officers confirmed that they were in fact dealing with a training exercise gone awry. That happened around 12.20 a.m., CNN reports. So that's two hours and 20 minutes giving us the potential for a real-time film. <laughs> the department oh has not responded to NBR's request for comment. The man reportedly refused a medical evaluation at the scene. While no one was hurt, Burns described the incident as, quote, serious. He added, quote, the safety of civilians in the vicinity of our training is always our number one concern. Mm -hmm. Even if, uh, my commentary, it's not always 
their number one achievement. Um, <laughs> and with that, I'm going to set 10 minutes on this year timer. Okay. Have you guys ever seen 1997's The Game by David Fincher starring Michael Douglas? I have, yes. No, but I have heard of it. And didn't they do like a remake of something similar? It's a premise that has kind of been put through the ringer a couple of different times. It's a little bit like Escape Room the movie before Escape Rooms really were the thing. thing. Word, word. For any listener that is not familiar with it, the premise of the movie is basically Michael Douglas is this like rich guy. His younger brother, who I believe was Sean Penn, as a birthday present, just kind of tells him, hey, I've hired this company. They do like amazing things. You're about to have like a very weird day, but like, don't worry about it. Everything that's about to happen is just part of a game. Nothing is real. And, you know, the movie just kind of like talks to you. It's like everything that's about to happen is a game. It's not real understand and instantly a bunch of shit happens that is designed to as an audience member make you start to go wait wait is this is is this still the game is is this the game wait no this can't still be the game this has gone off the rails right and it's two wonderfully paranoid hours of that so i want to do like a can we do version of the game in reverse where it's basically two people that are going through this training exercise and the instructions are like Whatever happens, whatever these people tell you, like, you know, like this is like an exercise that is like a weird fringe it's designed case. to test. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, whatever happens, you need to just like bring these people in and like, you know, no matter what they throw at you, we're going to like be giving you some like unusual things. Just like arrest, arrest, arrest. Just keep going. Keep going. Except, unfortunately, the room numbers get switched around like, you know, it's supposed to be two, two, six. And instead they end up going to nine, two, two or something. The six flips around on its nail. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, Just to kind of give it like that thing where it's not just a mistake, but it's a mistake where the people have been primed with this instruction of don't buy that you've made a mistake. You know, like you you are correct. Keep asserting your correctness no matter what. Because at like at midnight, like two hours into this, these guys are like, man, this role player is just a pro. Like, God, he's almost got me convinced he's a Delta employee and not actually who we're supposed to be interrogating. (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, and um, by that point, you know, like the captain has come in to find out why his like steward didn't show up. And like other people have gotten involved and these guys are going like they went all out on this training exercise. Like there are so many people that have been hired here. I think that there's also like the version of it where they're not even really FBI agents. Like it's just like a LARPing exercise where it's kind of a like, you know, for your birthday present, Bob and Alice, we have set up this like wonderful role playing game. It's this like who done it sort of a thing. You're going to go to this hotel room dressed up as like, you know, FBI agents. And you need to like suss out who did the crime. And just remember, never break character or something like that. Oh, yeah. This is why isn't Ryan Johnson making this murder mystery party right now? (laughs) (laughs) And so that way, you know, from like their perspective, Bob and Alice are just in character. But from the Delta guy's perspective, it's like the FBI is getting arrested by two FBI agents. What is flipping going on? And I want to take it in a direction of let's solve a murder with like a cast of eccentric characters. Characters because police interrogation isn't fun. And that's <laughs> no, all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> you're you're right. They like they are acts like, you know, this is going to be a murder investigation. You two are Benoit Blanc and partner. 
yeah. uh, working for the FBI. You're supposed to, and like, you know, there's like nine of their friends up in, you know, a suite on the ninth floor. Yeah. But instead, they accidentally get sent to like a ballroom where there's like a company retreat or something happening. Mm-hmm. And so they stumble in and are immediately like, all right, everybody shut it down. We need nobody in or out of this room. We are not going anywhere until we've solved what has happened here. Just so and that everyone there's is like, like, OK. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone is kind of like, holy shit. Can we see your credentials? And these guys, because they are like very intense role players, are like, absolutely. Here is our they have the... extremely legitimate looking badge to get right. in They have character. like a cousin in the FBI who's done the deeply unethical thing of loaning them a badge for the <laughs> evening for their role play as a birthday present. That's right. I that's love right, this that's right. because... The best part about it is the mid credit sequence where we can cut to their nine friends who are still waiting in the hotel room. Yeah, just like, <laughs> what's what's going on? Yeah, yeah right. Like, right. Did, did they get a flat? What's, got, what's up? That was one of my favorite things, thinking about this article. Just like, as much as the officers and the interview guys, like, having a hard night, like, then you cut to the room where they're like, man, they're super late. It's really unprofessional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like there's also whatever company retreat ballroom thing is they stumble into. They're announcing some big news or something. So it's one of those things where as you go in, they take your cell phone. It's like you cannot have your cell phone here so that there isn't that element of halfway through the thing. They get a call from their friend Carl being like, you guys okay? We've been waiting up here for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can have there be like some sort of proprietary technology or like an AI robot or something that like why <laughs> why they wouldn't robot in there. Why wouldn't they you know why they would take everybody's phones because yeah. there's they're going to be talking about stuff that can't leak onto the internet. So there's that like added PR pressure of now two civilians, two FBI agents know the secrets, the company's secrets. Well, and if we wanted to make it simpler than that, like they're doing that at like comedy shows now. So like it could be like a self-development workshop kind of thing where it's like, is this like a little culty? Like, you know, are people going to be talking about personal things? Ah, let's just like, we're going to tie up your phones and like, just put them in the bag. And But I want to rope it. Okay, we can have a we can have, we, we, can, we can have a we can be a comedy robot, Sarah. It can, happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> I got you a robot. I hear you though. I hear you though that it can just be sort of culty, like the founder who is there and trying to manage things doesn't believe in people having cell phones who aren't him. Whatever. And I also do think that there still needs to be someone that is carrying out a real murder on the premises. Yes, like absolutely. There is still there still needs to be someone that is like, you know, the president of this company torpedoed my much superior robot idea. I'm going to show him by poisoning his wine in the moment of triumph. And then instantly it's like, oh, shit. It's like, you know, there's FBI people here. Fuck. Uh, 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 yeah. uh, uh. And you could even play it like it might be sort of fun to do it. Like, you know, I'm thinking something like Bad Times at the El Royale style where mm-hmm. you begin the first like half hour of the movie is from the perspective right. of the guy that is committing the murder. And he, you see him getting all set up and getting ready and everything is like going right and oh, then they the intervene last moment, before there's a murder uh you know i'm kind of i'm kind of spinning this up like on the fly like it can be one way or the other like you know okay. i think, I think that, that i think there should be a body otherwise people would be like why are these fbi agents here all right fair all right all right all right so the murderer pulls it off he kills the guy he is about to make his oh so smooth getaway when all of a sudden boom doors open everybody freeze fbi bob and fbi agent alice here like you know we are 
everybody hit the floor. We're taking over this investigation. It's like, ah, rats, how did they get here so quickly? And then half an hour earlier, and that's how you see Bob and Alice are, um, you know, not actual FBI agents, but just intense cosplay people. So for a second, you get to live with it as kind of a like, okay, no, they really are FBI agents. And then you sort of realize like, oh, no, these are not FBI agents. It might be fun to kind of do some like perspective games like that. I love it. There's a minute on the clock. Who's starring? How does it end? What's it called? (sighs) This feels like a job for Kate McKinnon, if ever there was one. (laughs) Oh, man. Kate McKinnon is for sure there. And is she the CEO or is she the one of the FBI agents? Ooh, I kind of like her as the girl boss CEO. I kind of really like her as the girl boss CEO. Yeah. No. What is the name (laughs) of the very tall gentleman that plays Barry on HBO? You mean Greg uh, in Succession? No, 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 no. The... The TV show Barry. Oh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yes. Bill yeah. Hader. Thank you. I think that he would be great as FBI agent Bob. He would be great at that. And, um, you know, somewhere on the premises, perhaps, is the beleaguered hotel manager that gets swept up into this madness is perennial NBI <laughs> favorite Nick Offerman. Uh, we love it. And in the last 10 seconds, what's it called? Murder Mystery Party. Murder Mystery Party is pretty solid, Sarah. Yeah. And that's what we got. All right. Boom. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. I'm so glad that you brought this article, Zach. Like, because I saw it and I considered it. I was like, no, I don't know. This is exactly right. I was so wrong. This was so right. This is such a good, bad idea. Oh, I loved it. I I initially heard it on on, uh, the BBC World Service News podcast in the morning. And I was like, there's got to be a better article for this. But holy God, what a scenario. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, Cool, cool, cool. We will go read all of the other articles about this and then come back and do another bad idea. Hey there, Zach Valenti here with a quick reminder that if you love No Bad Ideas or any of the podcasts Gabrielle, Sarah, and I create, you can support us with a monthly membership at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. For as little as $1 a month, you can get access to the No Bad Ideas back catalog and hear every bad idea we've ever done. And as an Idealist member, you could even snag a special shout out in the credits. You can learn more and sign up today at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. Once more, that's nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. All right. And with that, let's get back to the show. All right, we are back with another bad idea. This one is mine, and it comes to us from the good folks at futurism.com. Ooh, always love when something related to the future is already a bad idea. It's already here, and it's terrible. So I found a different version. This is the the uh, similar to you, Zach. I found this in, in sort of a different form, and this article was a better version of it. So you can read along. The link is in the episode description if you so desire, dear listeners. I wonder if this is about the thing this week that everyone has been making fun of for being like 
tech bros, you completely missed the point of Black Mirror. The point of Black Mirror is that all these things are a bad idea, not that you should go and make them for fun and profit. But let's see what it is. Hopefully this wasn't trending on Twitter. It'd be very weird if it was. Uh, But the headline reads, scientists turn dead birds into ghoulish drones that can actually fly. Oh, no. No, Wasn't this one. Was not this one. Oh, I hate it. I knew they did (laughs) this with roaches at one point to like traverse earthquake, whatever, whatever, but not birds. The poll quote is phenomenal. Quote, sometimes you don't want people to find out that this is a drone. Oh, God. (laughs) The birds aren't real. People had a point. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So the the subheader, someone is having fun with this. The subheader is bird drones are real. (laughs) Remember that ironic birds aren't real conspiracy theory, which jokingly claimed that the feathery aves are government drones. Right. Well, they may have had a point, sort of. Behold actual functioning prototypes for drones that use parts of dead birds like pigeons to look and fly like a real sky rat. The researchers who designed (laughs) the bird-like drones envision that they could one day be used to get, quote, a seamless and natural look at wildlife or to be used by the military to spy on people unnoticed, according to their paper presented at the American Institute of Aeronautics. Yeah, of course, of course. We're doing this for for National Geographic documentaries. We we are really developing this so that we'll be able to get those cameras nice, up close and personal. That's the only reason why we're doing it. Exactly. Quote, instead of using artificial materials for building drones, we can use the dead birds and re-engineer them as oh, a drone. Made it Lead. <laughs> Lead author Mustafa Hassanelian, an assistant professor of mechanical engineering at New Mexico Tech, told the new scientist. Hate it. So far. The bird drones are capable of gliding without flapping their wings and hovering like a hummingbird. Oh, no. They just like cut out their fucking wings and put in fans. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's thanks to the use of taxidermied bird parts from pigeons, pheasants, hummingbirds and crows, including a real head feathers, and most importantly, you're right, Zach, the wings that allow researchers to more accurately emulate the motions of a fluttering bird, although they note that creating a drone this way is, quote, difficult. (laughs) Just because it could be done doesn't mean it should. (laughs) Yeah. On the upside, though, it beats the pain in the ass that is designing a traditional mechanical wing that is supposed to flap like an ornithopter. Quote, this removes the need to design and manufacture a wing which is notably difficult as wings are challenging to model and correctly size. Aerial robotics expert Raphael Zufri at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, who is not involved in this research, told the new scientist. It'll take some more tinkering before these bogus birds really get off the ground, though. For one, they aren't as nimble or efficient as a real bird. And the researchers note that the wings still need better articulation to be more flexible overall. And if they're going to be used to spy on us, they might need to be a little quieter, too. Some additional soundproofing could go a long way, but the paper also suggests that switching spur gears for helical gears, I don't know what that means, could help reduce noise. None of those measures, though, could ever drown out the wailing of the poor, tortured bird souls whose bodies have been so grimly repurposed. There the article ends. My God. Just take a second. I'm going to put 10 minutes on a timer. As somebody who grew up with birds for pets, this is a fucking nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) As somebody who has never had a bird as a pet, this is a fucking nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is just a nightmare. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, we now have the company that was in the, (laughs) the room. In the last idea with the robot birds. 
<laughs> right, right, right. That was the thing that was getting unveiled. Like, you know, like our new robot birds. No, no, no. They, they were upgrading to robot people. Yeah. God damn. God damn it. All it takes is one. All it takes is one fresh human corpse, and you can have. Your new robot friend. Yeah, holy shit. Well, so, so this is where I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant about like please. sci-fi and, and why yeah. we should no coherent thoughts stop right imagining now, so nightmares and start imagining better things. But um, uh, <laughs> so I read this book, Snow Crash, like a while back, which is like kind of a trash plot. But like there's some ideas in it that are resonant and like this is not a spoiler, just like some of the world building of it is like future security systems are these weird hybrid, like kind of like meat robots. So it's like part, it has a dog's nervous system, but it's networked. Mm -hmm. And because it's a book, you never see it. So you just have this horrific like imagination of what it is. It kind of is similarly evocative of, uh, for anybody who knows the world of Battlestar Galactica, the idea of like sentient robots eventually re-engineer themselves as like organic and like from their gleaming ships that have meat on the insides to the like fleshy robots that have, you know, whatever Wi-Fi beacons on the inside. I just see this weird progression of things like this. And I had initially seen it with these little backpacks they put on roaches so that they Mm -hmm. could like remote control the roach into, you know, accident zones and see what's going on. And and like, okay, there's like a great use for that. But I hate the idea that like, the future death sentence in like the legal system will result in new meat for like a helper robot for some, you know, ungodly purpose. And and so, yeah, so that's like where my mind goes with this is like that drift and momentum in technology where we're just like really, really rushing to plug everything that breathes into our computers mm-hmm. so that we can make them do things which I, I don't know. I, like, it's not yeah. really a story idea, but it's just like I, I have this like revulsion to this seemingly increasingly inevitable force. I think yeah. that's, that's healthy. Yeah. I am. In, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. There's I don't know, maybe something networky that could be done about like bird drones being the last straw for somebody who then needs to go <laughs> on a rampage. Oh, you mean that we're like the 1976 movie? I see. I see. Yay. I, uh, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Great movie for anybody who hasn't seen it. And like wildly prescient. Like it's, it's a movie that feels like it had an instruction manual on the next 50 years when it was. Yeah, made. I did. Yeah. Neil Postman wishes. No, Neil Postman is also very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm intrigued by that. Like, the only place where my brain is going is sort of something like the animated kids movie about the spy birds, where the spy bird is disturbed to find out that his boss is considering replacing him with, like, a new spy robot. And then <laughs> yeah. it's just a very funny cartoon about a spy crow fighting against a robot crow, just because I'm like, how can we defang this idea? But beyond that, like, very silly image, I don't have a lot of coherent thoughts in that direction. Yeah, it also, like, quickly gets a different rating when that spy crow is, like, his twin brother who, like, yeah. died in the line of yeah, service no. and has been stuffed <laughs> with robot parts. Wow, that, right, that got, like... Sorry to refang your idea for kids. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I like, but I like that image of just kind of like, you know, like how many times in a movie have we sort of like done the version of it where it's like, you know, 
you take like the person's face off and it's like <gasps> underneath Ash was a robot. And then like this is the version of it where it's like you take the robot's face plate off and it's like <gasps> underneath the robot, it was Ash. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, like it was, the, it's a brilliant subversive twist on the formula. Ooh. New from Pixar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a DreamWorks idea. Let's be real. Yeah, if it is. This, this is a DreamWorks is, idea. This is an illumination idea. <laughs> and then the minions come crashing through the door. I don't know that Illumination would be clever enough to think of this, but <laughs> oh, I said what I said. Well, I was worried about um, how it was going to stay warm in the winter, but this burning bridge behind me should do quite nicely. No, but here's what Illumination would do. They'd see this movie and they'd be like, oh my God. We got to get in on that this demented, sick robot action. Let's yeah. make the new Minions movie where a minion is worried about being replaced by a robot minion. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But fear of obsolescence, man, it's real. Oh, my God. If you have about yeah. four minutes. Look, 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 look. If, if we need to get serious for a second, like if you were my boss at a studio and you slapped this article down on my desk, I think that probably the screenplay that I would hand in two weeks later would be about a like young lawyer that is trying to make a name for herself. And she finds someone that like thinks that they have a case that like the U.S. has been spying on its own citizens through these mm -hmm. like robotic birds. And it's kind of a like news of the world type scandal of kind of, you know, this has already been out there in the world. And like it's them trying to unravel the conspiracy and sort of, you know, take them to court and take them to case for it. It's kind of a like, what's that Michael Mann movie about uh, the tobacco industry? Um, the Insider. Um, the Insider. Yeah. Like, I think that that is how I would actually try to sell this. I do not have like any of the structural scaffolding for what that would look like. And it would also be like the movie that is like, let's actually talk about how horrifying this is because it's actually a thing that they're considering and doing. I definitely have like a more fun time talking about the robot bird ninjas or the like dystopian future where you know it's the resistance leader that is fighting against the horrible oppressive dystopic government and part of the horror of the dystopic government is that every time yep. that it executes one of its like rebellious insurgent leaders that rebellious insurgent leader becomes part of the like security force for the government like the borg yeah yeah like i think that both of those are more fun to talk about in just kind of a like fly to fancy kind of way because the other one is just kind of like well and then we go and write a very structured paranoid court thriller well for for eating our broccolis like if we wanted to like kind of stretch some structural muscles I, I guess i hear that idea and i'm like is it just like mostly a court movie like like, is there the bird sequence? Like, is there the reel of film where it's like right. she's like walking home and like it's just like we rip a scene from Hitchcock's The Birds? Oh, no, I think that that's definitely I think that that's definitely something that could be threaded throughout it, where like at first she's listening to this guy that used to work at the NSA or whatever. And he's being like, we have this technology like we're doing. And she's like, yeah, fucking right. Yeah. But then she's walking home. Is that Raven? following nah 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 of course nah. it's not following me nah 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 but she keeps having meetings with the guy and all of a sudden it's like every time that i exit this building there's like these two birds right there and then she's trying to like lose the two birds and she rounds a corner and there's like 10 more birds on a wire all like watching her and it is very quickly getting to like a hitchcock ripoff place and like 
it starts to play this like game of is this all in her head? Are they actually yeah. spying with her? But like, I think that that I think you have to do it. I think that that is like one of those like you got to play the hits if you are doing a movie like this. Yeah. No, part of the pleasure is the structure of it. Yeah. About 30 seconds. Who's in this? Oh, boy. Uh, Tippy Hedren now. Um... <laughs> so you take so you take Tippy Hedren's dead body. Oh, and yeah. you. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. We no, have AI for no. That. I felt oh, so I felt so dirty even making that joke. She was a tremendous actress who already suffered enough in real life because she had to work with some terrible people. So we should not even joke about it putting her to that indignity. Yeah. Seriously. Jenna Coleman could be a good lead for this. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, that's time. You solved it. Starring Jenna Coleman and some animatronic birds. Yeah. She was on Doctor Who. She's done weirder shit. She's done she's done a lot weirder shit. Name. Flight of Danger. Ooh. So the story that I thought was you might be going to, Sarah, by the way, mm. is someone became like Twitter's punching bag over the weekend because some like tech bro somewhere was going, folks, if you're not taking a lot of video of your loved ones, especially your older loved ones, you should start right now. Because I think like within a year or two, you'll be able to take that video and create AI models of that person. And that way, if they pass away, who cares? Because you still have them. We are making ourselves death proof, everybody making ourselves death proof. And everyone was like, no, this is why nobody likes you guys. You are all ghouls that seem to intrinsically not understand the difference between human connection and a chatbot. My network-esque rage will be teaching humanities to STEM bros <laughs> because this is this is why you need that. Just like for your crimes, you are sentenced to humanities class. Yeah. With Professor Shackett. <laughs> We're going to watch The Passion of Joan of Arc and you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to watch The Passion of Joan of Arc until you like it. <laughs> 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 it may take it may take a couple of times, but you're going to get there. I have great faith in you. No, we'll do other stuff. <laughs> we should go away and watch The Passion of Joan of Arc. Let's, and we can come back with more bad let's, ideas. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the DVD right now. We're doing this. This has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabrielle Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show possible. And a special shout out to our idealist members, Jeffrey Felsher, Gemma, Rena, Robert Johnson, and Leap Flame. Today's episode features music by State Shirt and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you really love this show, let us know by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen and consider sharing it with someone you love.